Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm Dale Spangler. And this week we have Moto America, King of the Baggers competitor, Tyler O'Hara. Moto America is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Moto America, home of the AMA Superbike and North America's premier motorcycle road race series, is thrilled to announce that it will partner with Daytona International Speedway, to host one of the world's most prestigious races, the Daytona 200, during the week of March 10th through the 12th, 2022, in Daytona Beach, Florida. The 80th running of the Daytona 200 will feature increased competition from more manufacturers and an international contingent of racers coming over to battle with America's best for the $175,000 in prize money that's up for grabs. In addition to the Daytona 200, the Moto America Weekend at Daytona International Speedway will be the opening round of the 2022 Mission Moto America King of the Baggers Championship, marking the first time baggers will race the high banks of a super speedway with speeds expected to exceed 160 miles per hour, and also the first round of the Twins Cup Championship. Joining the baggers in Twins Cup will be the ever-popular Roland Sands Super Hooligan National Championship. All three classes will run two races during the Daytona 200 weekend. Tickets are on sale now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or by calling 1-800-PIT-SHOP. We've got race highlights of AMA Supercross Round 7 of 17 coming from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the first round of the Supercross East Series. While in the 450 action, we had another crazy race, or I should say another crazy night of racing, And Jason Anderson takes home a consecutive win in the series, which was really cool to see because he was aggressive going from second to first. Chase Sexton, who went down late in the race, two laps from the end of the moto, went down hard and Anderson inherits the win, but he rode strong all night. He definitely deserved it. But uh, boy, Sexton really took a digger and uh, we hope he's okay. Yeah, it was such a bummer for Sexton. I don't know. You know, he, he seemed like he had it in the bag. And uh, once again, this was another action-packed, nonstop, you know, bar-banging race with, uh, uh, unfortunately, red plate holder Eli Tomac goes down on lap one, tangles with his teammate Dylan Ferrandis, and had to mount a charge through the pack. Did make his way all the way to six, which is super impressive. But I think some of the biggest news, Cooper Webb back on the podium in second place. I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, do you think we're seeing the real Cooper Webb back? I don't know. I'm still kind of split on that because he did inherit that second place due to two crashes, Sexton going down and uh, Stewart going down. So good on him for finishing strong in the night. He definitely did well in his qualifier. He actually whole shot the main. So it's hard to say. It's, uh, you know, midway part through the season. We hope he does better. And uh, hopefully he's kind of shaken off the cobwebs and uh, ready to take on the next few races, man. 
Yeah, how about that Eastern Region 250 class, though? It was the Jet Lawrence show. I think a newer, more mature Jet Lawrence seemed to show up for this round. He just looked flawless all weekend long, whether it was practice, heat races, or the main event. He made a quick pass on uh, veteran Austin Forkner, who I think you know probably has a lot of pressure on his shoulders this year to, to take home that title for the uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. When I compare the two going through that main event, uh, Jet just didn't look like he was working as hard, held a steady lead, and Forkner, I think, was really riding hard to kind of keep him close. Full credit to him. He whole shot the main, but uh, Jet just uh, just motored on past and kind of looks like the Western Series. You got one stud and everybody else trying to, to run and keep up, but uh, we'll see how this plays out. This is only one round in, so uh, anxious to watch the next few rounds. For me, I think my, one of my biggest takeaways was just, you know, I expected it to be a much more chaotic main event, and it was actually pretty pretty mild, really, for as deep as the, the level of talent is in that, that 250E series. Riders like RJ Hampshire, Jeremy Martin, Cameron McAdoo, they were all in there battling, but it seemed like it was, you know, a lot less chaos than the West Coast that we've seen a lot of crashes this year, and I'm sure that will get, you know, a little bit more crazier as the series goes on as these uh, the whoops get deeper and the tracks get more challenging on the east coast this week's industry spotlight focuses on government relations and motorcyclist safety in a collaborative effort to raise awareness of key issues and opportunities facing the motorcycle industry its riders and safety the Motorcycle Industry Council, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, and the American Motorcycles Association joined forces recently in an online meeting to share priorities with U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and senior department staff. Following the recent passage of the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, three motorcycle associations voiced strong support for investment in education, awareness, highway infrastructure, and the reauthorization of the Motorcyclist Advisory Council to further inform the Department of Transportation, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and the Federal Highway Administration about ways to improve infrastructure to make roads safer for motorcyclists. According to Motorcycle Industry Council President and CEO Eric Pritchard, the meeting was a great start to ensuring that the motorcycle community has a seat at the table. should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.
Welcome back to Pit Pass Moto, veteran racer from Moto America and AFT and sometimes sprint car driver and Ovali racer, Tyler O'Hara. Tyler, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've got uh, you got the new season in front of you. Talk about what you got coming up uh, probably next month. Yeah, so we got the 2022 Moto America King of the Baggers back on board with the SNS Cycles Indian Motorcycle Missions Food team and be back on the Indian Challenger. And we're, uh, we got a double header down at Daytona Bike Week coming up March 10th through the 12th. So just been really looking forward to that and preparing and doing my homework and excited about the opportunity. And you got to be excited about going to Daytona. I know you, you've raced there many times. And I think you've got some experience on winning Daytona on a V-Twin. So uh, d- does that give you somewhat of a competitive edge going into that baggers event? I mean, anytime you go to a place and you win and you've won there multiple times, you know, it, it makes it special. I think a competitive advantage uh, just with the experience in the draft is definitely going to be an advantage. But it's going to be all new. These bikes are going to punch such a big hole in the air. and you know, we're just going to have to see where we're at as far as uh, mile per hour and, and what kind of the group is like. And, you know, I've got a lot of respect for all my other competitors and just, you know, we're going to go in there and put ourselves in a position to, uh, you know, try to lead the last lap. So, Tyler, you you being the uh, the inaugural King of the Baggers Invitational winner, you finished second last year in the three-round series. And now for 2022, they've expanded to six rounds. I mean, you got to be thrilled about the popularity and growth of this King of the Baggers series. Yeah, just the short amount of time and the amount has just uh, grown and and exploded with uh, spectators and the amount of attention and, and the manufacturers getting involved. It's just, uh, I'm just riding the wave and just enjoying it and having fun. And I think this year is just going to be a record year. So tell us a little bit about, like, I mean, what is it like to ride one of these 600-pound motorcycles on a road race circuit? I mean, how long does it take to feel... I mean, I would imagine you have to ride it a few times to feel comfortable on those big bikes. And, uh, you know, what's what's uh, some of the sketchiest parts about racing those big machines? You know, they're actually, the Indian Challenger is just a really good platform and a really good bike to begin with. Obviously, they're heavy. The weight displacement, you know, is a big deal. But our bike, is the weight's real low, so it doesn't really feel as heavy as it is. I mean, hardest part's getting out of in and out of the pits. Personally, I think that's the hardest part for me. The challenge is just uh, the turning radius isn't that good. And, and um, you know, just realizing that you're riding a bagger, first of all, you know, there's always a battle between lean angle and uh, riding the bike to its capabilities and not overriding it. And, you know, understanding what the bike can do and what the bike can't do and just riding the bike within the limits. Well, so that makes me want to ask the the next question, which was, your role in developing the bike, because it wasn't a simple process, as I understand it. I've watched the videos and I've talked to the guys from SNS, and uh, that was a monumental task that they undertook. And and I'm kind of curious for you, what was probably the most unique modification they made to tailor it for you to make you uh, comfortable and be able to get around the track as fast as you can? Well, you know, first of all, the first year we went to Laguna Seca, everyone built drag race bikes and, you know, a lot of horsepower. And we were definitely the slowest bike as far as horsepower we were way underpowered our main focus was handling and agility and ground clearance and uh we you know when i had they sent me a stock indian challenger and they basically said okay so put a phone booth on the seat sit on it and tell us where you want the foot pegs and basically uh we uh you know ended up 
with the rear sets basically back where the passenger foot pegs up and back and and the ergonomics just a little bit more uh aggressive for say than the than the 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 bagger and then just yeah developing the ergonomics is 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 and then the ride height and just the experience with the v-twin five years on the on the v-twin bringing that into the into the equation and and having the guys at SNS Cycles and the resources at Indian Motorcycle to make changes and and really help develop the bike. Well, it definitely appears to be a a bunch of guys that have worked hard and have just a ton of fun out on the racetrack when they finally do get out there. And it seems like the racers are enjoying themselves more than ever. And you mentioned that earlier on in the interview, but uh, I wanted to ask you, is it all fun or is it once the, once the flag drops, is it, dead serious racing are you guys just smiling and grinning the whole time no once the green flag drops the bs stops you know that it's racing it doesn't matter what you're racing especially you know we got uh this is a heck of an opportunity for for me and a lot of other guys and you know is the the goal is always to win right i mean we're not showing up to ride around and try to get finished second or third or anything else and obviously the big picture is the championship in new jersey so we got seven races this year which is uh which is great you know being consistent and, and adds a whole new level of competition and versus the three round triple crown it's definitely the long game and, and being consistent and but you know what we're all having so much fun and, and there's a lot of camaraderie we got the indian versus harley rivalry which really uh has made us better and um really helped develop the bikes so like like many road racers tyler you also raced flat track in fact last year i saw where you you pulled double duty and raced the atlanta super tt and then also raced the king of the baggers at road atlanta on the same weekend so you're going to be doing some more flat tracking this year and uh yeah what's in store there yeah last year was just a, a dream come true opportunity that i put together when i made my deal with sns cycles and indian to ride the Indian Challenger that, uh, you know, the circumstances that, uh, you know, the opportunity became available that I could uh, run a TT and, and on a factory Indian FTR 750. And and I jumped at the opportunity and went out and had the most fun and, and got to ride the, the best bike and got to throw myself in with the wolves and see where I was at. And uh, we had a pretty good showing and it was just super fun and it was a long weekend and, and I'm glad I got to k- take care of business on Sunday when I was the king of the baggers at Atlanta and win the race and everything. And this year, it doesn't look like it's on the cards. They made some changes over there on the FTR 750 program. They got Shannon Texter riding the 750 Bar Bauman. So they have two riders this year and, and uh, it just doesn't, it's not in the cards, but uh, I got a couple other things that, uh, that are in the works. I can't announce yet, but I'll definitely be, uh, be riding a lot at each event at Moto America. Well, we'll definitely keep our eyes open for that, Tyler, because we love to see you race just about anything you can race. And you're a guy that's raced just about everything we know because you've competed at the Daytona 200 in, in addition to the baggers and the flat track. But uh, I know one of your big hobbies last time we talked to you was the Ovalis and getting out on the mini bikes as a training tool, I think, and uh, hoping that maybe that would eventually turn into some sort of I don't know, uh, race series of some kind. Is that, uh, is that maybe in the, uh, in the future for you? No, I mean, it's a tool. It's a tool. It's, uh, it's part of my training. Uh, I've seen a lot of MotoGP guys were running these, uh, you know, volleys and, and you got, I got the gen one, so it's a 10 inch small wheel and it's really made me a better rider. Just, uh, the way you ride in the body English and, and tip in and roll speed to the apex and, and, you know, um, 
I have another 12 inch, the Gen 2 version in route. So I have two of those and I got a three Ninja 400s now. So I do a lot of uh, rental coaching and I'm up here at the cart track today. We're training and with Hayden Mang, we're uh, riding mini bikes and then we jump on the 400s and all the uh, fundamentals transition over to the big bike. And it's uh, a little less risky, but it's a tool. And I don't, I don't see myself lining up to go race all volleys anytime soon. I, I think I found my niche and that's a uh, big bike, you know, overweight ill handling bikes is, is, uh, is my specialty. I'm not saying my bike is ill handling. It's come a long way from, from where we started, but that's where I see myself. It's just a tool to keep me sharp. So changing directions a little bit, Tyler, um, you talk a lot about, you know, being present and living in the moment when you're racing. And I've, I've been hearing this a lot with a lot of racers lately. It seems to be kind of a, you know, more of a trend where, you know, we're focusing on more of the mental aspects of racing. How does that, that mindset apply to you, you know, apply to being a racer? And is it something you try to apply to your everyday life as well? Yeah. I mean, that's the secret, right? You, to get in the flow state, you got to be present and everything goes back to your breathing. And, you know, as a racer, you, you got to be present and focus on one corner at a time to, to get your overall outcome and your goals to, to win, right? So you to get a good lap time and to be, you know, you got to be present. And that goes back to your breathing. And, you know, this off season, you know, I've elevated all my, my training and mentally I'm, I've got some new books I'm reading. And then also, uh, you know, went to school and, and did some other uh education on riding and in some different schools and how they teach and stuff just trying to just keep learning and then obviously my training and you know i got a yoga instructor I, I bring out to my house and we do you know yoga once a week with the uh the training program and, and that's some meditation involved as well and, and i think that's just a, a huge part of it really it's just believing in it but also being present and just gets back to your breathing and that's kind of my you know it's not a secret but it's definitely taking me to the next level yeah, that was another aspect I was going to ask you about is like you, you mentioned where you, you prepare your body and your mind, you know, for the rigors of racing by, you know, practicing yoga and using visualization. So tell us a little bit more about that, like how both have helped you in your, how you feel both have helped you in your racing. You know, I've been racing professionally since 2005 and I've had mental skills coaches and really worked and tapped into the power of the mind and just focusing on what's in my control attitude and effort and and just uh you know not worrying about things that aren't in my control and just taking it to the next level and and having um you know making it a regular part of my routine and my practice and visualizing is a big part of it obviously and, and then goal setting right so you know it starts as a dream and then you write it down and it becomes a goal and then you got to create a plan and then you just write down step by step on how you're going to attack it. And then, you know, you go all in and you just uh, leave no stone unturned. And, and, you know, it's just, uh, it's a big part of it. You got to believe it, but you also got to put in the work. There's no secrets. That is absolutely true. Bringing that mental aspect to racing. We love to hear about it. And, uh, we're happy for you and excited for you at the same time. And before we close out today, Tyler had one last question in all your racing, uh, including baggers, who's been your toughest competitor, the one racer that, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say don't want to line up against, but always gives you the hardest time out on the racetrack? Probably Michael Barnes. He's been around. He's an old dog. 
he's ornery. He races hard. And for some reason, we always end up next to each other battling. And uh, you know what? He's just the first guy that comes to mind when it's just uh, – it's not like I don't want to line up against him. I, I don't mind. I'll line up against anybody. You know, obviously, you know, you want to be the best. You got to beat the best. And we've just had this uh, – you know, good sportsmanship and a lot of respect, but man, we, we are rivals on the track and we race hard and he's just the first person that comes to mind. That is so cool. And I've heard rumors of uh, some fiberglass flying in that baggers class, the guys banging up against each other. And <laughs> just so that's why I wanted to ask that question. Yep, Rubin's racing, man. I think this this year where there's a lot more opportunity to make some money and I think the level of intensity is just going to go up and, you know, the racing is just going to be more aggressive. But uh, hopefully he's behind me so I don't have to worry about that. There you go. That's the right mindset, as you said, <laughs> visualizing your plan for sure. Yep. Absolutely uh, wonderful, always as always, to talk to you. And we like to take these last few moments. If there's anybody in your program you want to thank, sponsors and such, now would be the time to do it. Yeah, the whole SNS Cycles, Indian Motorcycle, Mission Foods, everybody that sponsors me, Alpine Star, CD Boots, 60 Helmets. It's a group effort. My guys have heart and they work hard, working very hard this off season. I'm so grateful for this opportunity and, and the support. You know, we're looking forward to to going out and competing every weekend and obviously going to go try to win this championship, get my crown back. Absolutely. We look forward to it, Tyler. And thanks again for spending time with us today, man. Appreciate you guys. Have a good, good day. Take care. Thanks again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our blog and our brand new store where you can get your Pit Pass swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dale Spangler. And I'm Dave Selecki. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.